It may be invisible to some or ever present to others, but trauma entangles us all. Welcome to Traumatize, brought to you by Network for Victim Recovery of DC. Traumatize is a podcast that creates space and conversations to untangle the societal knots that keep us from addressing trauma after crime. For you, we want this podcast to be an experience, one where you leave understanding how you can be a crossing point to minimize the deeply painful and costly consequences of trauma, no matter who you are. Welcome back to Traumatize, where we believe trauma is a common thread of the human connection. I'm Bridget Stumpf, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Lindsay Silverberg. Lindsay, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, everybody. We're very excited to be back. We are very excited to be back. And for folks who may not remember, or maybe you're just hearing us for the first time, I have the honor and privilege of leading an organization in the District of Columbia that works to really create equitable healing for survivors of violence. And Lindsay is our deputy director. We've worked together now for over a decade. Yeah, over a decade. Yeah. As part of that, We have an opportunity to really be thoughtful about the ways that we see trauma showing up and impacting not only individuals' lives, but their families and the broader community. That was the little spark of the idea that launched our podcast, Traumatize, and we've kind of been reflecting on season one and thought for folks, it might be helpful to kind of recap. Lindsay, when you think back to that season, our inaugural episodes, what stands out to you? Like for you kind of summarizes what that experience was like. I think it was an opportunity to talk to people in different spaces about how trauma shows up, the ways in which it impacts every single aspect of somebody's life, whether that be at work or their identity, their lived experience, and really have conversations with folks about the sort of systemic impacts of trauma. Yeah. What about for you, Bridget? What do you feel like? For me, it was really the diversity of perspectives where we were able to really thread that connection of how many different sectors in our daily lives are both receiving individuals coming in with experiences of trauma, but also being impacted by it. Really, that was the inspiration behind how we're now thinking about this second season You know, because I think, you know, Lindsay, when you and I were kind of prepping, you said it really beautifully that first season was really looking at the places and spaces where we all kind of recognize that there is some intersection with individuals who've experienced trauma. And I think our hope for this season is that we actually get to highlight the impact that has on the individuals operating within those places and spaces. Yeah, I think it is this. So For those of you who are joining us maybe for the first time, we'd always encourage you to go back and listen to the first season. But those, as we sort of jump into the second season, the thing we're really excited to do is talk about and talk to folks who we think are unsung heroes that are dealing with and experiencing trauma in places and spaces that we might not think about on a regular basis and really bring light to the issues and, and hardship that creates, but also what they hold for other people and the ways in which they impact individuals' lives without a lot of recognition about that. You know, Lindsay, when you 
kind of think about why unsung heroes for me, I think I was kind of talking to someone about this and I was like, it's really about the places where people are invisible and the ways that they are receiving stories and holding and witnessing stories of people who've experienced really hard, difficult things, sometimes trauma, um, whether that's grief, loss, tragedy, whatever that, that looks like. And I would love for you to sort of think about for this season's theme, the unsung heroes or, you know, living within the cracks where we don't always see people are being impacted by trauma. For you, why does it matter? Like, why does talking about this in a broader context and audience matter in your personal life? Like, why do you care about it? Because I think the reason that it matters to identify and uplift and, and shine light on those who deal with trauma on a daily basis, who where we might not recognize it, is because they make such a difference in people's lives, both holding trauma for them, but also, you know, the stress that they deal with. And I think it's it's important and hopefully helps connect for people that like trauma is a universal experience. For me, the theme this year of Unsung Heroes is about people that are almost invisible in the ways we don't often recognize that they are holding stories, bearing witness to people who've experienced grief, loss, trauma. And the reason I really want to focus on on the people and the impact is because I think if we can normalize how much intersecting with trauma is a part of our everyday lives in these sort of unexpected places and the cracks within every place we navigate in our daily lives and all the people who are sort of holding those pieces together, if we can have a conversation about that, my hope is that we're really normalizing and, you know, kind of going back to that first episode of the first season that we are creating this shared language of how we can all feel connected, not only in our own experiences, but maybe somebody else's experience that we can't relate to, but we know that feeling of what it's meant to be impacted and and have someone show up and help us through that in a way that's really supportive. So what does the theme this season kind of mean for you, Lindsay? Yeah, I think the what really brings it to light and part of the reason that that sparked this conversation between you and I is I had an older dog, Riley, who was getting acupuncture at a vet and was just having a conversation with the veterinarian about how hard their job can be and had read something before that about the fact that veterinarians are have one of the most stressful jobs and have an incredibly high rate death by suicide because of that. And it just sort of sparked this conversation between the vet and I about the ways in which she was holding trauma, the having to help people in moments when they're so desperate and maybe their pet is sick or there's something they're not expecting. And it was just such a realization for me in that moment that was like, man, this was not necessarily a place I would have expected that to show up. And here she is talking about not only the stress on her everyday life, but like having to to deal with folks when they're experiencing a traumatic event in a, in a place we wouldn't always think of it. And I think so what way that I sort of that you and I have talked about this is that there are all these people out there who really show up in these hard moments and aren't always recognized about what they're holding and caring for other folks and not only the impact and the change that they can have on the individuals they're intersecting with, but also the impact of that vicarious trauma on themselves. Yeah. And so thinking about that 
as we create a shared language, one thing that we did want to talk about in this first episode is what is vicarious trauma? And and Bridget, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how that might show up? Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of different terms being used around sort of the concept. If you If you want to think about vicarious trauma is really the natural response that an individual has when in their role position, they are frequently in proximity to trauma. So hearing difficult stories of trauma survivors. And again, we, we've kind of looked at how broad this definition of trauma is. It doesn't have to be something as significant as abuse, injury, even death, right? Like trauma is defined by the person, not by the event. So for me, I can understand why being with Riley in that moment, like this, this animal that's like a member of your family, right? And like, it is such a significant loss and grief. And imagine how many times someone who is a a veterinarian, um, or as when I was little, and I used to tell everyone I wanted to be a veterinarian, I would say I want to be a vegetarian when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Worked out, I guess. (laughs) But you know, when, when you're sitting in those spaces, I can't even imagine how many times that happens to them on a weekly basis. And like, we know that vicarious trauma is the consequence. It is the impact of having to take on that feeling when you are sitting in that place with someone that's experiencing that grief and loss. And that can be a really significant one-time experience, or it can be the cumulative effect of having to interact with people with these sort of grief, loss, hard experiences over time, just over and over again. And so, you know, we frequently hear it in kind of like legal spaces be referred to as compassion fatigue and and compassion fatigue is different. It is a different thing. And one of the things that we'll talk a little bit about today is we know workplace stress is like a very real thing. When we talk about vicarious trauma in the trainings that we do, we will sort of flag for folks. And, you know, I'm not surprised once you sort of say it out loud, but I don't think we think about this. We know that 60 to 80% of all doctor visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. So much so that OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, they actually declared stress a hazard of the workplace. And again, When we think about this in our day-to-day lives, we're all experiencing stress related to work. You compound that with a pandemic uh, or all the other sort of daily and developmental stressors that happen in individuals' lives. And then you put someone in a place like a a veterinarian, or we're going to talk about OBGYN or veteran, different kind of vet that we're going to, we're going to sort of focus on those that are supporting service members. And when you look at the people who are taking on and intersecting with survivors of trauma on top of the daily work stress, vicarious trauma is different, but it's layered by these other stressors that we already have, like within our daily life and work life. And so we're going to be focusing on not, you know, just workplace stress, because I think that is challenging and difficult. And that will sort of like overlap in the Venn diagram of our conversation, but really looking at the places where people are almost in an unseen way, supporting people through the hardest moments of their lives. Yeah. And I know this was really brought to light for you after the Uvalde shootings. And do you want to talk a little bit about the person that was making caskets that really spoke to you about this? Yeah, this was actually the event for me 
that I was like, oh, this is what we should talk about on the podcast because I mean, cannot even even fathom the the loss of those families of that community, you know, as a parent. I can't even let my brain go there and imagine. And, you know, in our work, when these events happen, we pause to reflect on them and think about the impact. And I remember just in that early week after the shooting, there was a news story about these customized caskets that were being made for the kids. And honestly, I don't think I can talk about it without getting emotional. I still remember like the superhero and the ocean one. And I was thinking to myself, like, think about workplace stress, like anytime you have a significant deadline, like you've got to make all of these things in a very short amount of time. They're very curated and detailed, but then you layer that with the trauma of what that loss actually meant to that community. And like someone being able to step up and do that, what that felt like to take on. I think we're, we're used to thinking about the crime scene cleanup crew and the fire and EMS and first responders as people that have to see the depth of grief and loss. But this felt so invisible, like, wow, what impact that must have had on that team that was designing those caskets, putting them together, like feeling the unique personality of those kids. And then we never really talked about it again. Yeah. And I do think there's something too. I mean, and you will hear us ask our guests this season about why they do this work, right? Like, what was the reason that they got into the spaces and places that were really identifying where they might see and experience a lot of and have to hold a lot of trauma. But I think the there is a piece to vicarious resiliency, which we'll talk more about this season, about the ways in which you cope with dealing with ter- sort of continued exposure to trauma. And one of those things is meaning making, right? And so I think there is a lot to people in these spaces being able to feel like they're do they're doing something because so often in these sort of horrific national or community tragedies, folks feel like they're not able to do anything, that there's nothing they can offer. And so I I do have to imagine for somebody like that who's making these personalized caskets that even that that what feels like it might be such a small thing is helping in some way. And and we'll definitely talk to our guests about the impact that that might have or the small moments for them where they feel like they made a made a difference. Because I know for Bridget and I, not only in this work, but in our personal lives, those people, those small moments are the things that you remember. Those are the places where there is that human connection and thread to the universal experience of trauma. Yeah, the the purposefulness, like to have the meaning making. And actually, I wasn't thinking to talk about this. And I know we're going to kind of highlight some of the folks we're going to talk to that really are, I think, you know, just sitting in these these cracks, holding these hidden spaces. For me, as you were talking, Lindsay, I was remembering, and I shared this story last season about when we, you know, lost our, our first baby and delivered her and had this like amazing team. And when I went back and it was, it was not until my, um, that it would have been my daughter. So I had had my son, not at that hospital, unfortunately, went back to have my daughter. This was like six years later, six years, I had not been there. The same nurse that was there when we delivered Joy found me, came to the room and said to me, like, being there with you that day showed me what love looks like. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's purposefulness. That's, you know, that's meaning making when 
sort of sitting in the hard things like gives people that feeling of like connection and love. Like that is the antidote to trauma. And so that I didn't expect it, but to know it had that like impact on her and what she must see. And like, that's the goal of this, this season is that we can find those people and really make us all feel connected and how we have these like hard moments. And then our capacity for, for joy is just as deep as our capacity to sit in the hard things and the pain. And so that's sort of what I get out of these harder conversations is like when we can connect through those hard moments, our connection for what is beautiful is just, it's greater. Our capacity for that is greater. Yeah. And so I think the goal of this season is really to identify those unsung heroes, to bring light to both what they hold for people and how that impacts them. And if if we were to tie a neat ribbon around around this, what we would really want you as the listener to take away from this is that like you can be that person, whether it's just asking how someone is, whether it's acknowledging the pain and trauma that someone might have experienced, or even just being able to see and say like, I see you and really recognize that like those pieces, that trauma doesn't have to be this scary thing that you can't talk to people about because the more we can normalize it and and create a shared language, the more we allow people to be seen and, and felt and heard. And that's really the goal of this podcast for us is to create spaces where people feel like they can be seen and heard. Yeah. So Lindsay, we have some awesome guests that are going to be joining us. Do you want to highlight a couple of the teasers for the season? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I am so excited about the folks that we're going to talk to this season. Our first guest in the next episode is, uh, I found out about her because I am a 30 something year old on TikTok. No judgments there. But she had started a very funny series about can she swaddle different things? One being her chickens. One time it was her husband. And this all comes because she is a labor and delivery nurse. And so I started following her because it was funny and then really got this beautiful insight into what an incredible labor and delivery nurse she is. And her name is Jen Hamilton. If you aren't familiar, you should be because she is amazing. And so we're going to talk to Jen Hamilton about her experiences, the way that she talks about and intersects with trauma and what that means for her. It's going to be a really great episode. We're also going to, as I sort of, you know, alluded to in the beginning, talk to a a veterinarian about the, the spaces and places that they have to hold trauma. And Bridget, who else do we have on tap this season? Let's see. So... My personal bias here, we're going to try to talk to journalists that are often responding in real time and then having to retell these stories. We are going to be talking to those that are like supporting those that have been impacted by trauma. So we'll have Beth Schmidt in from Wounded Warriors and their amazing work. But really, again, the goal is just if you haven't been able to connect with the stories yet, we're going to find a place where you see yourself in this conversation. And I'm really, really excited to launch into this journey with you, Lindsay, our support team behind the scenes. It's amazing, always making this happen. And we really hope that you all can enjoy this next sort of phase of Traumatize. And we're grateful that you're joining us for season two. As you listen to it, please be sure that you subscribe, rate, 
and always review the Traumatized podcast wherever you listen. We can't thank you enough for coming along with us. And we're excited for another season of Untangling. This episode of Traumatize is over, but this podcast is just one of our many resources. NVRDC welcomes all survivors of crime and their supporters. So please visit us at nvrdc.org to learn more about how to access our trauma education and how to partner with us to create survivor-defined justice.